soccer fans, hello and welcome to the Stars and Stripes FC podcast, episode number 24. Donald Wine here, glad to be with you this week. This week's episode, I want to get into the weeds a little bit. As reports of the U.S. men's national team possibly having matches against Wales and Australia have surfaced, those would be next month. We'll see what happens with them. It coincidentally comes as I get set to do a deep dive into the player pool of the United States men's national team. Which players are ones that we think should factor into the team during World Cup qualifying, Gold Cup, the Olympics, Nations League? Which players should be in the mix? And which should be on the outside looking in? We're going to break down as many players as possible. And that means we're going to do this over several episodes. So this week, we're going to focus on the men between the posts. That's right, the goalkeepers. There are several in the U.S. men's national team player pool. So we're going to evaluate where they are at this point in time and who we think should be major contributors and which will be on the outside looking in. So I'm going to start by going through these keepers. And keep in mind, there's a lot on this list. I have 15 that I'm going to discuss. And we'll discuss them one by one, their pros, their cons, and whether or not they should be in that group that we are considering for World Cup qualifying, or one of those guys that could be in the mix, or one of those guys that we don't think should be called in at this point in time. I'm going to start with an easy one, and that easy pick is Zach Steffen. Clearly, at this point, the number one goalkeeper in the player pool. He's 25 years old. He's the backup at Manchester City now after spending a year on loan at Fortuna Dusseldorf last year. He's the man. He has already appeared uh, and played very well for Manchester City in a couple of Carabao Cup matches, FA Cup matches. This guy is the number one for the U.S. men's national team. Should he be? Now, I'll get into some of the other guys later, but for now I will say, yes, Zach Steffen is our number one. I trust him. He makes some mistakes, but I can live with them. Because I think when it comes to his shot-stopping ability, I think that is very good. He's able to play out of the back. Obviously, that's something that Greg Berhalter, the coach of the men's national team, wants to do. We'll go, we can debate on whether that is a able strategy for the U.S. men's national team while we are playing in World Cup qualifying. But for now, that is our strategy. We're going to be playing out of the back. Zach Steffen is the guy. And when it comes to Zach Steffen, if he can make the most of this opportunity at Manchester City, I think it will open up a lot of doors for him and for other goalkeepers. It used to be where the Premier League was where all American goalkeepers went if they went abroad. We had them all. We had guys everywhere. Tim Howard, Casey Keller, Marcus Hanneman, Brad Guzan. We always had a goalkeeper somewhere in the Premier League, and they are all doing very well even if their teams weren't good. We've seen Brad Guzan stop, become men of the match after giving up eight goals because he had 10 saves, including two stopped penalty shots. We have these guys that can do this, and Zach Steffen is the first in a while since Brad Guzan left and since Tim Howard left to come back to Major League Soccer. He's the first guy to go over and really stake his claim. And he's staking his claim at one of the best teams in the world, Manchester City. 
there was talk that he possibly could have been the number one, but right now he's the backup to Ederson. And really, when it comes to a goalkeeper, this is where the the hope comes in that his sharpness doesn't suffer at being a backup. Manchester City is obviously playing a bunch of games. They, they're they in Champions League, they have FA Cup, they have the League Cup, and they have the Premier League. So he's going to get his opportunities, whether it is in Champions League, whether it is in the Carabao Cup, the, the League Cup, as it currently is named right now. Those early FA Cup rounds that Manchester City will have some schedule congestion, or even if Ederson is going to be playing in a Champions League game midweek and Zach Steffen gets the league start over the weekend. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him over the course of the season, how many games he's going to play. But he's clearly our number one goalkeeper. He's going to be the starter on night one, that first World Cup qualifier. And I don't think there's any debate about that. We can debate over whether he should be the choice or whether you think he's the best goalkeeper. But right now he's the number one, and I think that is something that everyone can agree with when it comes to this player pool. Next up is one that's an interesting one. He's had a few appearances for the men's national team, but he's also had some major gaffes both for the men's national team and for his club, and that's Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson's 31 years old. He plays for New York City FC. He's had a pretty decent year for NYCFC. But he has this tendency sometimes to have some major gaffes. Have a ball roll into the goal. Kick the ball into his own net. Like He, he has some of these tendencies. Playing out of the back is tricky with him. It's iffy. But he does have great shot-stopping ability. He can play the ball out of the back even if it's shaky at times. He can do it. And he's a guy that has seen some big moments for the men's national team. He's seen some big moments for his club. Is he in that mix to be the starter? No, I don't I don't think so. I mean, he started, he's started a few games, but I don't think he is the number one. Is he the number two? To me, no. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying he's not good. But there are other guys that I think would rate above him. We'll get to a couple of those in a minute. But I think when it comes to Sean Johnson, he is at that point where he's 31. He's at the prime of his career, especially for a goalkeeper. And he needs to take that next step. He needs to elevate his game to the next level because we're going to need him. Whether we think he's going to start, whether we think he's going to be the number two, number three, we are going to need him during World Cup qualifying. Next summer especially, there's going to be if there's any way for a men's national team to have schedule congestion, the U.S. is going to have it next summer. We're going to have the Nations League. We are going to have World Cup qualifying, possibly. We are going to have the Olympics, possibly. And we also, in, in the middle of all that, will have the Gold Cup. So Sean Johnson is going to be one of those guys that theoretically will be called on to play one of these matches. Do we think he's going to be the guy? No. But I think that Sean Johnson is in that tier of guys that you call on when the schedule does get congested and and you need a goalkeeper because he clearly is serviceable. He has gotten the job done at times, and he is a guy that when you throw him in there, he knows the system. He knows what Burhalter is trying to do with regards to the goalkeeper position, and he can execute that. So... Sean Johnson will be one to look out for because you know his name is going to appear in a roster.
but there shouldn't be a visual reaction to him being on the roster because he has the ability to be a serviceable goalkeeper for the men's national team. Next up is one that is probably the most controversial of the big names, but one that's I'm going to defend, and that's Bill Hamid. Bill Hamid, star goalkeeper of D.C. United. He's also featured on the national team. He's had a few starts. He's had some pretty big starts, actually. He's had a couple of clean sheets, and he's had two memorable losses against the same team. He turns 30 in November, and I really feel like Bill Hamid is the best goalkeeper in our player pool. Let me say that again. I think Bill Hamid is the best goalkeeper in our player pool. Do I think he's the starter right now? No. Do I think he's the number one right now? No. Because I think when it comes to the difference between him and Zach Steffen is that Zach Steffen is more comfortable playing out of the back. Bill Hamid has improved quite a bit in that area. I've seen it firsthand going to games every single week to watch DC United play. I have seen him improve incredibly in the last year and a half when it comes to playing out of the back. But that's not what he's asked to do at DC United. So he doesn't feel as comfortable doing it because it's not something that he's used to on a week-by-week basis. Now that could change. DC United, as you know, is going to have a new coach next season. Ben Olsen is out. Who knows who's coming in? But Bill Hamid is going to be a major part of that team. He's going to be a major piece. And if he is able to translate what he does on the club level to the national team level, we are going to be just fine. I reserve the right to be wrong. But as it stands right now, Bill Hamid is the best goalkeeper that we have, I think. And I think that he has never gotten a fair shake. He has never been able to fully get the opportunity to challenge for that number one spot. Because I think if you give him that chance, he's going to be magnificent. He had more clean sheets than anyone last year. He probably should have been goalkeeper of the year. He has missed out on goalkeeper of the year a couple times. He's won it once. But since he has returned to Major League Soccer in 2018, he has been the best goalkeeper in the league. And the stats don't lie. The stats tell you the story. He has been far and away the best keeper over the last two years. But on the national team, somehow that doesn't always translate. And that's fine. That, that happens in any corner. We've had guys who are lighting it up for the club team and they get to the national team and nothing happens. But Bill Hamid is looked at for really two things. One, the loss in 2014 against Ireland. And two, the one in June 2018, also at Ireland. It's not really fair. But that's kind of how this works. And I think Bill has accepted that as well. But Bill keeps working hard. I think he is one of those guys that should be contested. If we have World Cup qualifying today, I want him on that roster. I want him in that camp. I want him competing with Zach Seffin for that number one spot. He may not get it, but I want that opportunity for him. And I think he's earned it over the course of his career. Next up is a young guy who has turned some heads and he has played pretty well so far in his young career. He's 23 years old from the San Jose Earthquakes. I'm talking about JT Marcinkowski. And I last saw him play, you know, in full during 
MLS is back. We've seen him play during during the MLS season. I don't I don't think he actually featured at MLS is back. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But when it comes to JT, he has an interesting way about him. When I look at him play, I don't see an awesome shot stopper. I don't see a guy who can command a defense. I don't see a guy who is outwardly just the best player on the field. But when you look at his stats, he has he is just that. Sometimes he is the best player in the field. Sometimes you see how a defense is playing, and, and I know San Jose has been erratic this year, but you can see that this guy has what it takes. He has been called up to a national team. He was on the Nations League roster last fall, and he didn't get to play, but really when it comes to it, the fact that he's being looked at at his camp, he's a young guy, he has a chance to improve and get to that next level. And I think he's almost there. He's getting close to that tier where we can say, yeah, bring him in, call him in every single time. But I don't know if that's now. I don't know if World Cup qualifying start today, I would have JT on my roster. But he is a guy that I think can factor in because he's young enough to be able to factor into this mix for years to come. He could be a guy that maybe we take to the Olympics if we qualified. Maybe we bring him in for Nations League. Maybe we bring him in for the Gold Cup. Depending on the priority of what Greg Berhalter is trying to accomplish. We obviously want to win the Gold Cup. We obviously want to win Nations League. We obviously want to qualify by winning every single game. And we want to win a gold medal at the Olympics. But there has to be a priority over which teams are going to get which guys. And I think JT is going to factor in because he can be a guy who can go to a roster that is, I won't, I don't want to say less important, but further down the priority pole for Greg Berhalter and the U.S. men's national team. So look out for his name. I think as we proceed into January camp, if there's a January camp, he will most certainly be one of those guys called in. And at the end of the day, he has a chance to take the next step. I just don't think he's quite there yet. He'll get there, but I I just don't think it's right now. I want to move on to Matt Turner. Matt Turner is an interesting, interesting goalkeeper because he's really good. You can see it in his the way he approaches the game, the way he plays. You can see it in the way he you know, stop shots. He's 26 years old. He's almost entering the prime of his career, and he's turning on the, the Jets at the right time for the New England Revolution. He has been incredible for them. Everyone speaks so highly of him, and when I watch him play, I've seen him play quite a bit this year. I, I see I see why, because this guy is really, really good. And I think when it comes to him, he is that guy that is right there on that tier with some of the top guys. He can be a guy that you can turn to in the pinch and say, hey, Matt, get us a dub. I, I think he is that guy that we can do that. Now, is he a guy that's going to be in the top three? Mm, I don't know. He's right there. And again, this is where the coronavirus has really hamstrung us because I think we could have a camp where just everyone comes in. You have competition. 
you see who's better than who. You see what the what the depth chart is going to be. And everyone understands their position and how they can improve or how they can lose their spot. Matt Turner is that guy who could give someone a run for their money. He may not make it. He may he may come up just short, but he's going to give that guy that run for his money. And I'm really hoping he gets that opportunity in the next year. He's a guy that I would start in the Gold Cup. One of those early late stage games or late group stage games where we know we've qualified for the next round, put Matt Turner and see what he can do. He's a guy that I think during Nations League when we're trying to see some rotations, see what guys work, bring him in. Friendlies, bring him in. See what the kid can do because I think he can impress a lot of people. And with him being 26, Zach Steffen being 25, other guys right there, JT Marcinkowski is 23. We have some guys that are young that can contend and compete with each other for the next decade, and I love that. And I think Matt Turner will not be a rev for much longer. He is going to go abroad at some point, and he is, if he gets into the right spot, he will be on another planet. So look out for him because this kid can ball. This kid can play some soccer. And he can defend very, very well. So let's hope that he gets this chance to to keep impressing on the national team and on the international level next year. Next up is Brad Guzan. Now, Brad Guzan is the vet. And you're thinking, okay, man's 36. He's had his time. Now it's time for others to shine. And that's true. I, I, I'm with you there, but there's something to be said about having veterans on this team. Veterans that you know are never going to play, but are there for their experience and their leadership. And if one and two go down for some reason, you know the number three is a veteran who will you will need to coach up. And Brad Guzan could be that guy. He has made some great saves in the past. He's made some terrible gaffes in the past. He is hot and cold. For Atlanta United, he's been great over the last couple of years. He's helped them as their success uh, has been dictated by how he plays a lot. You may think, yes, the, the offense is terrific and, and on a, you know, in another solar system, but they can't win if they're letting in five goals a game. Brad Guzan has been very good for them in making sure that the defense that wins championships is there. He's a quarterback. He can do that. He can quarterback a defense. He can tell guys where to be. He can get into people if they need to be, you know, chastised. But he can motivate a team to succeed. Do I want him in that three that are in World Cup qualifying? No. I don't think so. And it's not because of him. He's a great guy. He's a great goalkeeper. Loved watching him play. I think it's time for... I think there's three guys, four guys, five guys that are better than him right now that we should be calling in. And... But at the same time, if he's on a roster, I'm not completely upset. I'd be disappointed because it'd be one guy that I think should be called in that wasn't. But when it, if you're giving him the one shirt and you're saying, get us a dub, I feel confident in saying that he can help us with that. He can quarterback a defense. 
He's played with some terrible defenses in the past. He's played with some really good ones too. But he's played with some terrible ones, especially in the Premier League. He is he has had to stand on his head to keep games from getting out of hand. He knows that pain. And where he has felt that pain, he can improve and and help a team improve and make sure that never happens on the national level. So Brad Guzan would be one to look out for, but I don't see I see him trying to be phased out. I don't think that he will factor a lot into world qualifying, but you never know with Brad Guzan. 36 is old for a player, but it's not old for a goalkeeper. We've seen older dominate, and Brad Guzan is still at the age where he could probably give it one more run before he calls it quits. And after Brad, we have Jonathan Klinsman. Jonathan Klinsman, yes, son of that Klinsman, Jurgen. He was abroad. He was in Germany playing before he moved to St. Gallen. And then after that, he just moved to the United States to play for the LA Galaxy. He's the backup there. But he is trying to fight to be the number one there. And Jonathan Klinsman, he's factored in on the on the U-20 national teams. He's factored in the other youth national teams. He has been in clutch situations where he has had to perform and he is trying to make a name for himself outside of that of his father and when evaluating him we can't evaluate him using his father and what he uh, his tenure with the national team we just can't do it that's not fair but when it comes to Jonathan Klisman he is not yet at that level where you want to give him the one shirt and say go get us a win He's just not there yet. He still makes some mistakes, some young mistakes. He's Again, he's 23 years old. He's going to make those mistakes. He's not at a world, otherworldly level where you have to bring him in to rate him against other guys. He is a guy that needs some practice. He needs some seasoning. He needs some games. He needs some sharpness. And he's not quite getting it at the LA Galaxy, but he needs to keep pushing. He's got a long career ahead of him. He can do this for another 15 years if he wanted to, if he keeps his body right. And he's going to get his opportunities down the road, but he needs to keep working at it. Do I think he's someone that you consider for maybe the Olympics? Yeah, sure. The Olympics would be great for him. He He's going to be too old uh, to be one of the under-23 guys that we call him. With, he would have to be one of those three exemptions if we qualified, but... I do think that if you needed a goalkeeper, send him along. Get him the experience. He knows how to play with the young guys. He's played with them. And he would be a great asset to them. But I don't think he's ready for the national team just yet. So I don't think we're going to see Jonathan Klinsman during this World Cup qualifying cycle. Coming up, we're going to get into the rest of the men's national team goalkeeper pool. Who's swimming with the big boys? Who's on the sidelines? We'll discuss all of it on the other side of this quick break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We're discussing goalkeepers in the 
men's national team player pool. We've done seven. We have the final eight on the list. We start the second half of this list with Ethan Horvath. Ethan Horvath is a guy that should be contending to be the best goalkeeper on this list. He's 25 years old. He plays at Club Bruges. He was having a world of it. He was the starter. He was starting Champions League games. He was starting in the league for Club Bruges. He was doing just fine. And then last year, Club Bruges went out and signed backup on the Belgian national team, Simone Mignolet. Yes, that one from Liverpool. And because of that, Ethan Horvath has taken a back seat of this club, and that has probably affected his sharpness. I've seen that happen to many goalkeepers in the past, and I worry about that for him. However, he is registered with Club Bruges for Champions League. And that means between Champions League and the league and the Belgian Cup, he's going to get his opportunities, you would think. And because of that, we need him to get that sharpness. Because on the national team, I think he is one of the top three goalkeepers we have. He's right there. He could be that guy. He has to be able to compete, though. He has to be doing it on a a weekly basis. I was kind of hoping he would make a move from Club Bruges in this transfer window, but he didn't do it. And so he will not get as many appearances as we would hope he would at his age for Club Bruges, who could, again, do a lot of things. They could be competing for the title in Belgium. They could be competing in Champions League. And they could win a Belgian Cup. Ethan Horvath needs to do what it takes to get the sharpness that he needs. Because when he is called in, and he undoubtedly will be called in, whether it be for a friendly next month, whether it be for World Cup qualifying, the Gold Cup, Nations League, he is going to be one of these guys that we see his name on the roster a lot. And when he's on that roster, he needs to come to camp. He needs to compete. And when he gets the ball, he needs to shine. Because we've seen him play in the past. He's not been that great to me. I know he can do better. I'm not writing him off. But I do think that if he doesn't get the experience that he needs to improve and take his game to that Next, next level. Guys will pass him by, and I don't want that to happen to him. I don't want him to lose a shot because he was sitting on a bench somewhere. So he has an opportunity to improve. He has the skills already. We've clearly seen that. Can he translate that to the international level? Can he be a guy that gets a win every single time he steps between those posts? Doesn't matter who it's against. I know last year he played Italy. That That's... It's not fair to compare, you know, to say, yeah, you should have got a win against Italy. But that's the mentality that these goalkeepers should have. That any team we go up against, they will win. They will get a clean sheet. They will stop a penalty shot. They will do what it takes. I don't know if Ethan Horvath is the best goalkeeper in the player pool. Some of you out there may think he is. I'm not going to have that debate. I personally don't think he is. But if you do, that's fine. I'm not going to debate you on that. But I do think he is in that top three. I just think he's number three. The next one on this list is an interesting candidate because of the opportunities he hasn't gotten. And that's Stefan Fry of the Seattle Sounders. Now, 
He has been one of the best goalkeepers in Major League Soccer since he arrived. He was born in Switzerland and became a citizen in 2017. So you're thinking in his, his prime years, he was not eligible for the national team, unfortunately. Because I think if he was, he would have been called in a lot sooner. He was called into the national team in 2017 under Bruce Arena. Did not see the field. But he's a guy that still, at 34, he's one of the best goalkeepers in this league. And because of that, you have to give him consideration for at least one of these competitions. Now, I'm not saying put him on the field. I'm not saying start him. But I'm saying that he timing just wasn't his thing. He came in at a time where some young guys took the next step. He was just starting to exit his prime. And because of that, he could be on the outside looking in. And I think he is at this point. I don't think we're going to call him in. I don't even think we'll call him in for January camp at this point because we got too many guys that are younger, on the same level, and have a chance to improve to become the next goalkeeper of the United States men's national team. Stephen Fry, great guy. Wish it would have worked out better for him, but it just hasn't. And timing doesn't always work. For him, it sucks. And that's that's unfortunate. But Sounders fans, you, you should be proud of what you got in Stephen Fry. He's brought you guys two MLS Cups. He's brought you guys a world of trophies and shields and Champions League experience. The man has done it all except for being on the national team. I just don't think he is one of these guys that we will see next year. Next up, we have another guy who timing just was never his thing, and that's Tim Millia from Sporting Kansas City. 34 years old. He has performed beautifully over his career for SKC, but his timing was always off. He was always one guy away from being on the national team or two guys or whatever. He just was always on the outside looking in. And in some of those instances, he had a legit beef. He probably should have been on a couple of these teams over the past few years. He probably should have been at least in the January camp. Should have seen the field. But he didn't. And I think now, at 34 years old, there are guys who are better than him as well in our player pool. He hasn't performed as well for SKC over the last year or so. There's been other goalkeepers who I've mentioned that have been better than him stat-wise and the eye test. But Tim Melia could be a veteran that you call in if you need it. He obviously is stayed in shape. He is playing every week for SKC. He is their number one. That will not change probably until he retires. And he still has the ability to stop shots. He still has the ability to make some miraculous saves. He still has the ability to stop PKs. And has guided SKC to a lot of trophies over the last six years or so. Do I think he's in that first tier? No, I don't. I I think he is a little bit further down. And I think his age brings him down even further. He's 34 years old. He's he's towards the end of his career. Not to, and this has nothing to do with his ability at this point. If it was strict ability, he is one of the best goalkeepers in this pool. He should be considered. 
but because of his age, because of the fact that there are guys that I think that are better than him, he's going to be a little bit further down. And he probably won't get that shot that he has been desperately seeking for so long. And that does not that should not sell him short for his career. I hope he doesn't look back in re- with regret in that because not everyone gets to be a part of the men's national team. There are guys who have been absolutely incredible whose careers were cut short due to injury or due to other factors. But Tim Melia has had a terrific career for SKC. He has been a terrific goalkeeper, one of the best American goalkeepers over the past decade. And that doesn't mean his not being on the national team doesn't mean that his success is tainted. So while I don't think he should be on this national team, if further down you need a veteran, I would consider him. One guy that is kind of a veteran but kind of isn't, David Bingham. He turns 31 on October 19th. He plays for the LA Galaxy. And he has had some experience on the men's national team, and it wasn't good, in my opinion. It just it wasn't, it wasn't ready to play. He wasn't ready for prime time. And when it comes to this list, I, I think I don't really want to spend much time on him because he hasn't done well for the LA Galaxy this year. He hasn't done well the past couple of years. He's made some tremendous gaffes, and his shot-stopping ability just isn't as great as some of these other guys. He can't command a a defense as well and on the national team with his experience it you know none of his appearances were really that good or really that impressive so David Bingham probably has some work to do to get up further up the list again he turns 31 time may be starting to creep against him but he's still in the prime of his career he still has a chance to improve he just may be where his timing is not good because there are younger guys who are better and are improving faster than he is. One interesting goalkeeper I wanted to note is David Ochoa. David Ochoa has been on the U, uh, on the U20s. He's been in the U17s. He's 19 years old. He plays for Real Monarchs. He's signed to Real Salt Lake, but I do not believe he's appeared for their first team yet. But he's almost there. And when it comes to David Ochoa, he has been a guy that we have seen on these youth national teams in some of these youth World Cups. And he's played pretty decently. He's been a guy that you can rely on on the youth level. Can he turn it and take that to the next level on the first team international stage with the big guys? I don't think he's quite there yet, but I think when it comes to the Olympics, the fact that he's 19, the fact that he has experience with some of these younger guys, he is definitely in the running for the Olympics should they qualify. I would imagine he's going to be on the roster when Olympic qualifying begins some point next year. He's going to be one of those guys. He might he might be the guy. He might be the guy for the U23s as they try to secure a spot in the Olympics. And if he is, then he's definitely going to Japan. I don't think he's going to the Gold Cup. I don't think we'll see him during Nations League right now or World Cup qualifying. He's he's not there yet. But at 19 years old, he has a lot of promise. He's also eligible for Mexico. And I feel like we want to incorporate him into the system even further than we already have to make it clear that he has a pathway to become the number one at some point in his career. 
he has that ability. He can improve to get to that point. But we don't want to lose him to Mexico because we kind of let him slip through the cracks. He should be front and center if we are lining up against anyone in the Olympic qualifiers. And if we make it to Tokyo, I think he should go. Another guy who could contend with him to be on that plane to Japan should we qualify for the Olympics is Brady Scott. He's 21 years old. He was abroad in Germany and then has recently come back to play for Nashville FC. Right, He's on loan with Sacramento Republic right now. Again, 21 years old. He has the ability. He, he's been on youth national teams in the past for the United States. And I think when it comes to Olympic qualifying, him and Ochoa should be duking it out to see who's going to start. Neither of them, I think, are ready to be considered for the full national team. But again, these guys are young enough that there is a pathway for them to eventually compete to be that number one down the road. It's just not right now. And I think when it comes to Brady Scott, he needs more experience. He needs more games. He needs more sharpness. He needs to improve in a lot of different areas to be a guy that we can consider on the international stage. But I think right now he is definitely one to help lead the goalkeeping unit along with David Ochoa, especially the U23s, as they try to compete for the Olympics and qualify. And the final guy on this list is Alex Bono. 26 years old, plays for Toronto FC. He's kind of had it up and down last few years. He has seen time on the national team in camps. I believe he has one or two starts. But he really hasn't impressed a lot of people with his play. He's won an MLS Cup. But on the international stage, it, it's he's not quite there yet. We've seen, I don't want to say we've seen enough of him, but I think there are guys much better than Alex Bono, both in Major League Soccer and abroad, that are American and should be competing for those three spots on the national team that we have on a given basis. Could he be called into a camp? Yeah, sure, a January camp. I think he would be great to call in and evaluate further and, and let him know what he needs to do to improve. But if we're going to try and win a game, if we're going out for a must-win situation, I'm not quite sure Alex Bono is it. And I have nothing, that's nothing to do with his character. It's nothing to do with the quality of the guy. I just think that there are guys better than him. And that's okay to say. I would love to be wrong. Again, I reserve the right to be wrong about any of these guys. But when it comes to Alex Bono, I think we've seen him play a little bit, and I think there are guys better. And that's really all there is to it. So, to recap, if I had to divide these guys into tiers, there's 15 guys on this list, I'll divide them into three tiers. I think tier one is the is the tier that we have, I think, the best guys in the best position to be starters on the national team, to be the number one, or the number two, or the number three. That's Zach Steffen. Bill Hamid, Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, and Matt Turner. I think those guys are clearly above the rest. 
tier two is an interesting combination because you have two guys that I think should be competing for the Olympics. And then I have a couple of guys that maybe could, could be competing for that first tier. And one that's, we don't know what he's going to do. I'm just putting him in purgatory in no man's land. And that is JT Marcinkowski, Brady Scott, David Ochoa, Brad Guzan, and Jonathan Klinsman. Klinsman's that one that I think is in no man's land. Will he improve? Will he be a guy that we can compete? Will he improve? Will be <clears throat> Will he improve? Will he be a guy that we can count on down the line? I don't think he's one right now, but I think he's at a point where he needs to take that next step, take his game to the next level, and try to compete. And with JT and Brad Guzan, I think these are guys that I think, you know, Brad Guzan, obviously, if we need a veteran in this core, he's the veteran. He's the guy. With JT, he is just outside of that top tier. I think he can make it into that top tier at some point, especially as Sean Johnson and Bill Hamid get into their later years. JT can be right there with them to take over as one of the guys competing for that number one jersey. I just don't think it's right now, but he's not far off. And tier three, the guys that I think are at the bottom of this player pool for various reasons, Stefan Fry, Tim Milia, David Bingham, Alex Bono. Alex Bono, David Bingham, we know why they are here. Stefan Fry, Tim Milia have nothing to do with their ability, but their age puts them further down the list, puts them further down the depth chart simply because there are guys that are younger than them that are just as good, if not better, than them, in my opinion. And I don't think that they're going to get calls. I don't think they're going to be factoring in to this team. I think they'll always be on the outside looking in. It's it's a terrible situation for them. It's unfortunate because I think they've earned the right to be on a team. But I think that time was before, and now we have to move on and move forward and doing that means that they're on the outside looking in. So that's my goalkeeper list. We, we've done quite a deep dive into each guy. What do you think? I know I know some of you out there are like, this dude has lost it. Donald, you are crazy. And I probably am. There's probably a couple where you can debate on you know how, how messed up I am. But I want to hear from you now. What are your order of goalkeepers? Who do you think is number one? Who do you think is in that top tier? Obviously, for every single episode, we have a post, and you feel free to comment on that post. Keep the discussion going there. This is not one that's going to end today or whenever you listen to this. We will continue this discussion next time with the focus shifting to the defense. But for now, that will do it for this episode 24 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. I appreciate all of you who are listening in and downloading it every week. I appreciate you guys making it this far through what is a one of the longer episodes we've done. If you're popping in for the first time, you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button, tell your friends. And if you have questions or topic suggestions, drop an email to ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the week. And until next time, take care. <laughs>